Hello everyone and uh, welcome to this week's edition of Grecian Scottip. Uh, unlike Paul Tisdale, we seem to be chopping and changing the lineup every week. Uh, Dan's back with us, it's uh, me, David Byron, Jamie Hawkins and Dan today. Howard is off sick, uh, so we'll, we'll crack on. Uh, first of all, crew on, on, on Saturday, uh, a good 3-0 win for City. Uh, Jamie, I know you weren't there, but you must have been impressed with the performance, or impressed yeah. with the result. Yeah, I was following it as much as I can, and um, you know, on paper before, it sounded like it was going to be a tough game with Crew making a pretty decent start to the season. Um, so I thought there was a chance we could slip up, but you know, when I heard um, that, you know, we should have been four or five nil up at half time, um, you know that shows how positive it is at the moment in tacking wise and you know no goals conceded at home in the league either which is incredible really when you think about what happened last season when not only could we not get a win but couldn't even keep a clean sheet so you know it was another a great win another great performance from the team the same team that's been consistently performing well and um, you know it, it keeps the run going of course and you know, to come away with maximum points from Forest Green, Barnet and Crew, you know, nine points in a in a week, it's a great return because I think people looked at the Barnet game and probably said looking at a point maybe, you know, when you're playing midweek games, but to win all of them it's it's a great return and um you know it's it just keeps it all going and it's great again to see that everyone's still keeping relatively calm in terms of Tisdale and the players still playing it down. Fans are still rightly getting excited and you know still taking pictures of the table and that and as the gap seems to widen um, but it's only you know it's only looking good isn't it? Yeah. And Dan keeps the incredible home from running doesn't Well it? I mean it's you know spent so much time last season you know, talking about how difficult and how bad the home record was and almost got to throw out all those those stats and you know on, on how few games they've won and start a a new list of how many games they've won. I mean, it's you know once they sorted out the back end of last season, the home form was pretty impressive. And this season, that's four out of four, no goals conceded, and it's exactly what you want if you can. You know, you're winning your home games. They've kept the, they've also kept the away formers going as well. It's three wins out of four away from home, and that's you know exactly what we were seeing last season. What they, you know, winning the away games, struggling at home. They've sorted out the home form now, kept the away form going, and you know you're sort of looking almost over your shoulder. And the fact that you know, the gap they've built up, it's I think it's eight points now to back to fourth spot. That means you know they've got three games in the next week coming up, three you know potentially tricky games. But I mean, even if Exeter were to were to lose all three games, which you know Touchwood doesn't happen, they're almost certainly still going to be in the top three, having. You know, had a, a run of three defeats in a row, and that's you know this early start, particularly you know, the unchanged players. None of you know none of the new signings have really featured too much. I know Stocky's got a couple of goals off the bench, but they've been doing cameo appearances. You know, once everyone is settled into the side, the new players, you know, who they've brought in, you can add them to the side. You, you kind of feel, you know, it's only going to get better rather than getting worse because you know can almost take 11 players who didn't haven't started any of the last few games put an 11 out of them and you're not really there's not much of a drop in quality there which 
you know, they've not just got a, a good first eleven. It's actually a good twenty-two man squad almost of players who you know could feature in any game. And you, you know, if you saw their name on the team sheet, you wouldn't you know, be concerned at all. And it's you know, this this great start they've made to the season. Sort of, you know, it's put to bed. You know, last season having lost the playoff final. Sometimes there's a hangover from it, but but not this season at all. And you know, the way it's going at the minute, it's, it's very early to say, but you'd be looking at it and saying, well, Exeter aren't going to be bothering about trip to Wembley this season, and unless it's a cup final, because they're going to be in the top, they're going to be in the top three. And uh, I mean, you mentioned the 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 fact they have drawn one away from home. I mean, the the incredible thing is that's, that's only the only two points they've dropped all season, and they were inches away from winning it through through Jack Sparks' mm-hmm. curling strike against Swindon. Well, uh, I mean. You know, if that had gone in, we, we could be sitting here looking at you know City winning every game this season. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the Swindon game we should have won really, and okay, we perhaps weren't our best against Newport and Lincoln, but I haven't seen a game this season where I thought, you know, we don't deserve anything out of this, where we don't deserve to win. You know, the Newport and Lincoln wins it both one 0 of course, and you know we get the goal in both games both teams are chances but you know it shows how strong defensively we are um, with that back four or three um, as he likes to, to change it so yeah like I said I mean obviously the, the cup defeats the checker trade is anyone bothered about that nope um, <laughs> you know the league cup with Charlton that was just you know they were just a better team you know good young players and even that was still a pretty decent performance and um, you know I, I'm like I said, I haven't seen any game this season where I've been concerned or worried, you know, because at home we've got that goal and, and, and held on well, not, you know, sitting behind the ball, still going for further goals. Um, so, yeah, you have to say, when's when's that defeat going to come? Because I think the runs keep going sometimes for teams and you're expecting a loss to come at some point. And when... You know, you get these people that say, oh, they need to lose a game, which I've never understood at all. It's like when they say teams need to go down. Well, no, they don't. Um, but at the moment, you just can't see a defeat go- go- coming, sorry. And, you know, like Dan said, we've got tough games Coventry away and Notts County at home or a second. But when you looked at Barnet away and, and Crew at home, they were meant to be tough games and won both games, scored five goals, conceded one. So... You know, it it just doesn't look like it's going to end at the moment, which is great. Dan, as Jamie says, tough games coming up. Um, the Notts County chairman on on Twitter has actually started the mind games early for that one, and a game too early, I would say, <laughs> by saying that he thinks City and, and Notts County are going to be definitely top two. I mean, it's it's surely got to be too early to to be talking about something like that, isn't it? You'd think so. Yeah, I mean, it's both clubs have made a really good start, and they both carried on. Back into last season, and Notts County, they were, they were in relegation trouble, for a lot of last season before you know turning it around, mid table in the end, and you know they've kept that run going. But I suppose you'd think it's too early to say they're definitely going to be top two. But they, the two sides who've started best in the division, they're the ones who've, you know, got going. They've got the gap to the sides below them. They don't really look like losing too many games and. Uh, they are the two informed clubs at this moment, you know. At the end of the season, if they were the top two, would you be surprised? 
you possibly not the you know the way it's gone you know there's not a massive number of of great teams in this division who actually um, you know says teams you know like Coventry as well come on to I, I guess in a minute you know you've got a name value attached to them but have they got the players that live up to that perhaps not and so you know is it too early to say they'll definitely be the top two probably but you could definitely see them being the top two at the end of the season the way they've started and that's I suppose the way you've got to look at it at this stage they are the best two sides in the division on the form we've seen, seen so far well, uh, let's have a listen to, to what Paul Tizzo said after, after the uh, win against Crew. Strong performance and fabulous results. So. And uh, Jordan Tilson got you off to a good start. He's, he seems to be pushing it forward a little bit more this, this this season and getting those chances, doesn't he? He is. Well, that was from a corner. So he was he was in there and it was um, we kept the play in and stopped them from clearing it. So... Um, that's what happens. Ball forces you sometimes. So, no, he, he's done particularly well, and he's he's no different to, uh, to all the others. You know, they're all on, on their game at the moment. They're playing well as a team. And when you play well as a team, you, you find you can just add that five yards, that bit of sharpness, that bit of speed to the ball, and uh, and uh, make your own game look better. But it comes from the from the team being um, particularly, um, I think, quick and sharp and committed at the moment. Yeah, because you've named a, an unchanged lineup now for the, the fourth game running, and I suppose that's symptomatic of the fact that they're all playing well. It is. Um, it's a real luxury to do that because then when it comes to preparing for the next game, you've got fewer things to discuss. But, you know, sometimes when the best thing to do is nothing at all, and um, the team are doing well, that they're, they're fit, they're in form, um, we're still waiting for you know, Dean Moxie and James Stockley and and other players who are not quite up to, up to speed in terms of match fitness. So, um, but they've got a lot, to, uh, yeah, a big challenge to, to find a, a way into the team because everyone who's playing at the moment is at the top of their game, and I'm, uh, I'm more than happy just to let that continue. Created quite a few chances first half, and it must have been pleasing when uh, Jake goes and buys that one in just to give you that two two goal cushion at the break. Yeah, I think we deserved a second. We. Um, we certainly had the more clinical chances in terms of you know they, they had pressure and, and, and some, some good play, but we had we broke their lines and, and attacked their goalkeeper uh, probably you know, possibly more in that first half. I think we deserved a second. Um, we looked, I think we looked really um, intent. Uh, the intent with our play, we looked really um, focused and we were forward thinking. And that second goal was. I mean, we might have got a third really into the break. But, Two was a nice cushion, and then of course it was nice in the second half. We, we sat in shape, and they made passes, but we were we were, we were happy to, to hold them in the pitch. And uh, the third goal was, was a nice. Uh, that was a nice cushion. Seemed to be a bit of debate between Jake and Jaden as, as if he got the final touch. I don't think it was a debate. I think they both were saying it was their goal. So <laughs> sure that is a debate. I think that's just just a straightforward arm wrestle to see who took it. I think Jaden's probably saying it. It's, it, he skimmed it. So um, either way, you know, I don't mind who scores it. Who, who knows? It's three 0 and I'm glad we kept the clean sheet at the end. Yeah, I mean that must be another pleasing thing, isn't it? Another clean sheet here, here at home. Yeah, I think it just um, it's a mindset, and it's good for the players to have that, that attitude because you know you, you, you even, if, even if you end up winning the game three one or three two, 
feels better to keep that ball out the net and to build for the next week. Thank you, Paul. Four straight home wins, Paul. Four, four clean sheets as well. So yes. Yeah. Couldn't have been much better, really. No, no, they, you know, not at all. Because if you get a clean sheet, you're not going to lose, are you? So, um, defensively, we were, we were strong. They, they, they played most of the passing. They, they they committed to their passing game, but we were, we were very, very strong and I think very organised in our in our holding shape. I know you don't look much at the table at this point of the season, but you've got a nice little cushion up there on the fourth place team, haven't you? And yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose it's not so much a cushion in terms of who's behind us and where, where who's fourth and who's seventh. I don't think that's really relative. I think it's a cushion as to the season going forward making hay while the sun shines. That's, that's really the more relevant cushion. It's about, we've got a long season ahead of us. We probably won't get it all our own way all the time. So we want to make the points while we've got a chance, and that's that's a more relative cushion. If you want to use that word, it, it's a it's a good point to start from. And when when things are going well, it's a luxury, yeah, to have the same team on the pitch and no changes and we're all in form. So let's make the most of it. Yeah, and have a great atmosphere this afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, um, yeah really good. It's uh, it's. You know, let's make the most of it. Yeah. Let's make the most of it. Um, you, you know, it was, it was a good day. I don't, I don't always, I don't always join in with the we're top of the league chant, but always <laughs> 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 oh, never. Um, but they, um, but they, you know, the, the supporters and types enjoy it. Mm. We're enjoying the business of what we're doing and the and the and the product of our work. Mm. The supporters and types enjoy. The result and the, and the, and the situation. And I guess the message is the same: don't get carried away. You're top, but you're playing well. But yeah, we have keep a focus. You know, we have a choice to make as a as a team individually. Do we continue as we are? I'm not saying we win every game, but do we continue as we are, make all the same choices we've made in this first couple of months, or do we start to try to get clever and begin to think? Well, we you know, let's just do it differently now. I, I don't think there's possibly a need to do that at the moment. So with the choices, we have to come to work every day, and we have to turn up for the next game with the same intent and work our way into the game like we did today and we have done over the last few weeks. Yeah. Brilliant. Sort of psychology in the, the confidence of the team must be great as well though, you know, this, this winning run as you say, you kind of build that momentum and the more you win, the more you believe you're going to win. Yeah, which, you and that showed on Tuesday night at Barnet, we had a behind it, mm. at no point did we, did we feel that we wouldn't have a chance to win it. So I think, I think uh, my job is always is to advise the team on how to think correctly, in my opinion. You know, it's just a subjective thought, but we, we, have to, we have to continually challenge ourselves to think in the correct manner for the moment and the situation and take nothing for granted. And that's our, that will always be our, our focus every week is what is the right thing to, how to prepare. We'll always come by the start point to how do you think going into the next game and um, kind of start from my job. Yeah, no really exciting games to look forward to up at Coventry on, on Saturday. Yeah, it'd be a good game and we played there before in a very different sort of set of circumstances and time in our development and at the moment we're, we're in a strong position going to a strong team in our league. It'd be, it'd be, you know, I'm sure it'd be a good challenge and I remember Ollie Watkins scoring his first goal for us there, that cup game, Jordan Montana getting injured. It was, it was a lot that day. You know, that a lot of a lot of um, things that day and uh, I'd like to go back and and now moving on to uh, commentary then so that's uh, what five games in a row that, that Paul Theatre has kept the same side uh, can you see him doing that again on, on Saturday or you know, uh, commentary a bit tougher you may, might you change your arm you feel with three games in, in, in a week there will 
there will be changes at some stage. There'll be, you know, you can't see him playing the same eleven. You know, Coventry, then Notts County at home, and I think it's Morecambe home the following Saturday. It's going to be changes, players coming into the side. You feel, you know, the likes of you know Jaden Stockley here and Boateng will, will probably start at least one or two of those games. Dean Moxie, you expect, would come in as well. There's others who you, you know you might need to to rest certain players. I mean, as it is, perhaps you, for the Coventry away game, you stick you stick with the side that's gone for the minute, and then maybe look to change it up. Freshen things up for the for the, the two games at home with you know mix and match, but it depends how we how we sees Coventry, how much of a threat he thinks they are. I mean, possible sub change you might make. You might bring say if you wanted to bring say Boateng in for Macalinden and just be a little bit more defensive, a little bit extra solidarity in the middle of the park. You know, go sort of a three man mid centre midfield with. You know, Taylor and Holmes pushing up, perhaps a, a little further, you know, as wingers. But the team he's been picking at the minute, it's it's working. You know, it's all all going to plan. There's no reason to you know, to change it. You, you know, it feels slightly odd that you've got you know your record signing. You've got you know, a guy in Dean Moxie who come was playing you know League One football and Championship football the last few seasons. You've got Boateng hotly rated guy signed from a Premier League club who aren't in your starting eleven at this moment. By the end of the season I suspect that probably will change, but at the minute they're being kept out out of the team by players who start the season. You can't actually say any of them deserve to be to be dropped. No at this stage maybe they are better players, but the team is working at the minute and I you know, barring any injuries, I suspect for Coventry away we might see an unchanged lineup for the sixth time in a row, which will then change possibly for the next couple of games after that. Uh, your thoughts, Jamie? I mean, the, the Rico's a big ground, isn't it? Do you think that might have anything to, to do with it? Mm, possibly not. I mean, I was amazed, actually, when he named the same team at Barnet, you know, just three days after Forest Green. I thought for sure he was going to make changes after naming, you know, the same team for the third or fourth time. Um... And you know, so so why why change it? You know, perhaps he'll make a, a change or two on Tuesday. But as I said, at Barnet he kept the same team. Um, you know, I've said it before. Why change a winning team if everyone's fit and, and fresh? They've had, you know, they would have had a week to prepare for it. Um, you know, as as I understand, there were no knocks or or niggles or anything that were picked up um, against Crew. So. You know, I'd keep the same team. We say it every week now, but why? Why would you change a team that works well together, that gels together? And you know, to be keeping the likes of Stockley and Boateng on the bench, it shows how impressive they've been. And you know, to be able to bring those kind of type of players on, you know, it, it shows how, how strong a squad we've got. Um, you know, I don't think they'll be phased about playing at the Rico. Um, you know, I went a few years ago in the JPT and quite such a different scenario for both clubs. I know we mainly played youngsters um, in that game, but it was just you know a little trophy match and you know they're not going to be intimidated by a ground that's going to be three quarters empty. Um, and it could be more City, <laughs> City fans there, so same team for me. And uh, I'm going to throw this one out there, um, up to you guys to, to debate it, I guess. Uh, Coventry, biggest club in, in League 2 this season? 
um, name wise, you'd think. Yeah. Them, yeah, they obviously, you know, Luton, they're another fairly biggish club in terms of name. Swindon, I guess, have been you know, Premier League as well, but it's Coventry, you know, Coventry, you know, they're the. They're the ones who you 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 think you you think Coventry they shouldn't be a fourth tier club. I mean, what, it must have been what only fifteen twenty years ago they were a mainstay of the Premier Division. You know, they've been well, they've been on the, on the fall ever since it, it feels like. But you know, particularly with the club and the ground they've got, they probably they'd see themselves at probably at least two divisions where they actually should be, and you know. Some, I suppose some of the other bigger clubs like Portsmouth, well, they got promoted last season. You know, Blackpool, another one, they went up. I mean, you'd think Covent, Coventry, name-wise, are the biggest club in the division, but it doesn't mean that they're the best club in the division. And the table at the minute says that Exeter are. And I guess that's what Paul Tisdale will be concerned about more. Jamie, uh, you know, as Dan said, Coventry, a big club, but a, a difficult game, but one city should be feeling confident about, I guess. Yeah, why not? You know, with the form that they're in, I think Coventry have started a bit. I think they got off to a decent start, but have faded off slightly. Although they've only conceded about four or five goals, I think. They've had a lot of draws, I think, quite a few nil-nils. Um, but, you know, I guess to go away from home and, and get a win is always going to be a, a a difficult task, especially in League Two. There's no easy games. Um, you know, Coventry. Of course, they're a huge club. You know, FA Cup winners and Stan said, remember in the Premier League not that long ago. Um, I say not long ago, fifteen years now. <laughs> um, but you know, you've got to be going to those these games and and looking to win. You know, you're top of the league. You know, the pressure's going to be on to to keep the run going. Not that. Tisdale will be echoing that to his players that they're under pressure to, to keep the run going um, but you know to play in front of a, a lovely stadium and you know okay there might not be that, that big a crowd there which could work in, in City's favour but then I guess Coventry are used to it themselves could be a difficult pitch obviously Wasps play there as well they share the ground so might be you know a bit bobbly in places and difficult to, to play the way that Tisdale likes to play, um, but you know you you can't be afraid of going to teams like Coventry. As big a history they've got and as big a club they are, at the end of the day they are a League Two club, and I don't know where they are on the table, but um, they're certainly not above Exeter City. Um, so yeah, he's got to be going to win that game. Why not? Uh, so predictions then, Dan, you first. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with one 0 to Exeter City, which I've gone for pretty much every game this season, and well, particularly most of the home games, it's been right. So you know, look, it'll be I can see it being tight. You know, maybe one goal in it. You know, maybe a, you know something on the break or a set piece in the second half, but Exeter to keep the the run going. Jerry, it's gonna go for a similar result, but I guess I'll go different. Should be a relatively close game, but yeah, I'm gonna go. City to nick it 2-1 I would say 2-0 uh, then I'll, I'll sit on the fence for this one I think uh, it's, it is a difficult game and uh, I've, I've, even when uh, Coventry lost to, to Cambridge at the weekend I heard reports that they were a very very good side so I think it'll be a difficult one but you never know um, so on to uh, your questions then uh, first question from Anthony Beveridge uh, he's asked a couple uh, is Taylor our new right winger? Um, well, in my opinion, 
I'm not sure New comes into it. I think he was the old right winger at one stage, but Wheeler displaced him, but now Taylor's gone back to that position. What are your worst thoughts? Though, to be fair, I mean, you know, a lot of the recent games, he's actually been playing on the left wing and Lee Holmes on the right wing, sort of, you know, sort of almost inverted wingers, so to speak, but it seems to be to be getting the best out of Lee Holmes actually playing on the right hand side, you know. I think it was one it would have been the it was either I think it could have been the Lincoln game or the Newport game. He was almost, you know, thirty five minutes on the left hand side, completely anonymous, switched to the right hand side and to suddenly changed the game and was the best player on the pitch from then on. So um, it seems like, you know, Taylor and Holmes are the first choice cho- choices out on the wing at the minute. Um they've got the ability to switch either side and everything but you know, at the minute you know they've got they've got the name on the their name on the sheet you've got the likes of you know Edwards who can come on perhaps he's more of an in, impact sub at this stage but Taylor and Holmes are, are doing the job that we saw Wheeler do out on that right wing last and Wheeler and Watkins have done in the past and you know it's, it's very early to say it but we're actually not missing the players who've gone up off to the championship so far. Jamie, your thoughts on Jake Taylor on the right wing? Um, well, he's played everywhere, hasn't he? I've, I saw him at left wing back at Forest Green a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, he's one of those players that, although he's a right winger, he you know, won't necessarily stay there. He'll run all over the pitch, as we've seen over the years. He'll run his socks off right into the, the 90th minute. Um, and he just gives you that urgency to go forward you know you can always rely on him when he gets the ball to attack to to make a run down the wing left or right and um, you know as we saw last week he can chip in with with goals as well right place right time um, so you know it, you can play him wherever to be honest it doesn't have to be a, a right winger um, like I said we've had we you know at the start of the season and then you had you know Maca London on that side switching with with Lee Holmes sometimes as he did recently and you know Holmes was terrific on the right wing at Forest Green um, so you know it, it just shows the versatility of, of Taylor and the whole squad and you know he's willing to to, to put in a shift wherever and you know he can play he's in played you know the number 10 role as well and as I said wing back as well um, so uh, yeah I don't know if I'd perhaps start him at right wing at the moment um, perhaps you know keep McAlinden on there because he seems to be doing well but certainly you'd put him you know on the left or just behind the front three maybe and uh, he also asks uh, what do we think of the new media that comes out of the football club and does it engage with supporters uh, personally speaking I, I enjoy it um, you know SJP 360 and, and things like that I think are, are a great way to sort of get behind the scenes of the club in a way and uh, I'm not sure so much about bringing in new fans as that as a, a sort of single medium because I'm not sure how many new fans would be solely searching for SDP360 if they're not not fans of the club but at the same time I think they do help to to complement the, the, the sort of things that go on on the pitch and I think they are a, a great way of sort of engaging with fans especially fans who are who sort of going to the games for the first few times and I, I think that really really does help the club uh, sort of in their, their off-the-pitch sort of brand, I guess. Um, how about you guys? Um, I, yeah, I enjoy, like I said, the, the 360. I think, you know, it's brilliant because you see it from such a different angle when, you know, you get shots of the crowd and 
Um, they do like the match in the minute as well, like before the game, you see the atmosphere and the crowd building. So, you know, it's great because, you know, normally with, or previously with City and League Two, all you'd see is two minutes of highlights of a game every week and, and that would be it with, you know, poor quality filming or, you know, difficult conditions. But, you know, to, to see these different angles and perspectives, it's, it's a great idea and yeah, I really enjoy it. I mean, I think this season particularly, club media, is, with some clubs, it's been all about, you know, when they announce signings, clubs trying to do outdo each other, um, and the goal when the team scores and the club tweet out gifts with celebrations. Um, I think the one that comes to most people's mind is Bristol City's, which <laughs> is it's marmite, isn't it? You either love it or hate it, but everyone's talking about it, which is what they want, and it brings in extra you know attention and followers and you know perhaps people will start supporting them because of what they do you know media wise um but no i really enjoy it i enjoy you know when they do features as well with players not just a straightforward interview but i think fans want to know a bit more about the player behind you know off the pitch as well gets a bit more personal um so yeah it's good and you know it just keeps it's good to watch when the club's winning as well it's a bit different you know when you lose 3-0 you don't really want to watch a 360 video perhaps of like the crowd getting on the team's back or something but it helps when the, the team's winning so yeah I like it don't like Daniel yeah I mean yeah as you're saying it's much easier for thing. you know when things are going well you can put these videos out and people will watch them I guess you know, if if next to a bottom of the table, who's, is is anyone going to watch an eight minute edit of the match from various angles? Perhaps not. But what it you know what it is you know it seems to be it's sort of showing the you know, whole the whole mood around the club at the minute and that they can they can do all this because everything's going really well and you know it's not just the club who wants to be a part of it. I think the fans want to be a part of it as well. You know, you sort of see after victories and. You have a look on you know people on Twitter sort of you know getting behind the team and sort of you know, sort of you know joking with the club saying come on where's these 360 highlights and you know all the videos and almost they you know encouraging the club that actually this is what this is what the fans want the fans you know want to see this they're enjoying it and you know, they want more they want more of it and the club are, are delivering it at the minute and you know there seems to I think you know back about so a year ago when the results weren't going well there was a sort of very sort of bit of a negative feeling around the club and sort of how perhaps fans you know, didn't feel that they were quite being told what was going on but that's almost completely forgotten about at the minute you know and you know, issues like you know all those kind of issues no one's talking about anymore it's all about the pit you know the success on the pitch and you know, as long as the team keep winning and I suspect that's the way it's going to stay. And then uh, just finally a couple of questions from uh, Exit City polls. Uh, first of all, what's our strongest team, and uh, are Jaden and Hiram in it? Um, well, for me, I, I, I'd say on paper that is the strongest team, but at the same time, you can't really argue with with the results at the moment. And you know, paper never won a football game, did it? To use the cliche. <laughs> uh, Dan, what are your thoughts? I, if you, you know, I suspect 
by the end of this season, uh, Jaden Stockley and Hiram Boateng will be starting pretty much every game for the club. You feel at some stage they're going to be it through injuries, be it through suspensions, be it through just you know rotation. They're gonna they're gonna get a couple of starts, and you know that's what you know saying on paper, but that they are two of the club's better players. You know they'll get their starts, they'll play particularly well, and you won't be able to drop them. We've sort of seen that, I suppose, in the cameos so far. Stockley's got two in three, and despite probably only playing one hour of football in total, probably less than that. So far, he's scored, already scored two goals. Boateng, every time he comes on, looks like he can change the game. Yeah, so much that you know you kind of feel it can't be too long before they are going to start. They can't just be sitting on the bench every single week. But while the team is winning, you know these games, you, know, you kind of say, well, okay, maybe they should be starting, but who instead of? And that's the that's yeah, I suppose the the thing that shows just how good the start's been because actually you can't say that you know no one deserves to be dropped at this stage. They've all they're all playing well, but eventually you feel you know Stockley and Boateng will come in. I suspect at some stage Moxie will come into the side and and you know and start every week as well. I guess when they're back from you know Ryan Harley again once he's back from injury, probably will be pushing for a spot in the starting lineup. You know, the likes of Edwards and Wilson, they've looked really good at youth team level at, up at you know, West Brom. I mean, Wilson's on the bench for them. First two or three games of their Premier League side at the start of the season. And Tony Pulis you know, doesn't play players who are youngsters and he doesn't play players who aren't six foot six tall unless they're really good. And the fact that he was happy to have a 17-year-old teenage defender on the bench shows that, you know, actually Tony Pulis must rate this bloke and if he's if he's that good, he can't be that far away from, you know, really should be in the extra side, you'd say. But ahead of who, again, is the question, which is, that goes back to that the point we were making about the, the depth of the squad earlier. It's, you know, they've not got one good side, extra, so they've actually got two good sides. And, the, you know, there probably isn't going to be a strongest team. It's, you know, any 11 from, from almost a 22-man squad, you can put on the pitch any single week and that will be good enough to win games. Jamie, uh, City's probably seen, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, as you said on paper, you'd probably see Jalen Stockley being there just because he's a club record signing. But, you know, you look at the deadline day, transfer Stockley, record signing, two guys from West Brom on loan, Premier League players, another one from Crystal Palace, Premier League player. You know, on paper, you'd throw them straight in the team, wouldn't you? But... No, for me, you know, it'd be the team that are getting the results and getting the wins and the starting team that have, you know, done so well over the last five or six games is the strongest team for me at the moment. Um, you know, will that change in a few weeks, possibly, when, you know, perhaps results don't start going the way that you would like? Um, you know, and it just shows, again, the, the strength and depth to be able to keep these you know, big name or big club name players out of the team for, you know, players like Jordan Moore Taylor who's come through the academy, of course, Christy Pym, you know, academy players that have grown into the team, become regular starters. Um, Jordan Tilson, of course, didn't really play that much last season, I know he was injured, but, you know, still struggled to break into the team. And, you know, I've almost forgotten about Ryan Hartley, who's, 
you know, obviously still to come back as well. And, you know, you think on paper he's one of the club's strongest players as well, you know, given what he's done over the, the last few years for the club. But he's going to struggle to get into the team as well. You, you're looking at all these players thinking, you know, where are they going to fit? Um, whereas in previous years, you've got a strong start at 11 and then you look at the bench and you don't really see much inspiration there. But then when you've got Stockley and Boateng and Jack Sparks, you know, let's not forget about him, what a start he made to the season. So it just shows, again, what a quality squad we've got. Not just a quality team, but a quality 22, 25 players. And just touching on that, really, uh, final question from Exit City Polls. Uh, do you see Carl Edwards, Kane Wilson and Jack Sparks playing that much uh, this season? Where will they play? Uh, well, I, I think where they're going to play is, is pretty much established. Carl Edwards is a winger, Kane Wilson is a fullback, and Jack Sparks is a winger. And, you know, apart from Kane Wilson, hasn't played in the City shirt yet. Carl Edwards has played the under-23s on the wing. Jack Sparks is playing the first thing for the, on the wing. Um, but do you, do you see them playing that much? Um, yeah, you'd like to see them get some game time. As we said, you know, Sparks has done extremely well so far when he's played, coming off the bench, and that game against Swindon, still remember that shot. Um, you know, but at the moment, you can only see him getting in, you know, the cup games, the checker trade games, which, you know, you've got coming up down at, at Argyle in a week or so. Um, so, you know, it just depends how the team does in the next few weeks it really does I think you know obviously to to keep to drop someone like Lee Holmes or Mackie London would be extremely harsh at the moment um, if it was to be anyone it'd probably be Liam you know <laughs> again that'd be really harsh but perhaps he hasn't got as many goals as he would have liked but he's still putting in the hard work to supply Ruben Reed. Um, so, you know, perhaps later in the season uh, they might play. Though I guess I think Carl Edwards and Kane are in here till January, aren't they? So, time's already running out for them, I guess. Um, but then as we get, you know, towards the Christmas period when you get, you know, three games a week quite regularly, we've got another three coming up this week. So, perhaps it will chop and change it a little, uh, coming off the bench or, or starting. A few more games, you know, we've got the checker trade coming up, as I said, um, the FA Cup will be soon as well, so, you know, perhaps they'll get more game time then, but at the moment, I wouldn't see them getting in the starting eleven for me. Dan? I mean, at the minute, you'd feel particularly Edwards and Sparks, possibly more impact substitutes than than starting players, I mean, what we saw Edwards in that, that youth team game where he played and he, he just looked to be absolutely have lightning pace about him and ability to run at defenders and and terrify them and you know just to think of that you know him coming off the bench for 20 minutes to go if perhaps a tight games or you need a, an option on the bench you know, the defenders they're not going to have seen a lot of him I mean league two defenders you know the fullbacks aren't exactly known for having blistering pace about them you know to have him coming off the bench or and sparks coming off the bench and you know, running at tiring defences that Holmes and Taylor can have dragged them out of position for the first 70 minutes is, is a prospect that I guess not a lot of teams would be particularly looking forward to and it gives Exeter a different option that's I suspect what we're going to see you know the way they're going to be used most of the time at this stage but 
you know, even if they are just impact subs, not bad impact subs to have, are they? Two players who you would think in three or four years' time probably going to be playing around the Premier League, and you know, pretty regularly, and you know, it's a good chance to. I suppose if that's one player we want to go and see future youth team players who are going to be playing in the Premier League as you know, we're seeing with Ethan Ampadu these days, uh, Exeter City's the place to go to, to find them. Well, uh, that's everything from, from us today. Uh, a massive week ahead, really, with Coventry, Notts County and maybe even the chance of Ethan Ampadu making his Chelsea debut. So uh, well, I'm sure we'll have plenty to speak about next week, so uh, join us in. Join us in. Join us in.